Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks, episode 195 on this Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Jason DeFilippo. I can't believe you know it's Super Bowl Sunday. I'm <laughs> Brian Schulmeister. Of course I know. <laughs> uh, that's what the commercials, right? No, it's just all the people at the store buying cases and cases of beer in front of me. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, Super Bowl Sunday, get your chicken wings. Yeehaw. That's right. I'm excited. Are you going to have a Super Bowl party? Uh, my friend is. I'm going to head over there. I made uh, barbecue meatballs. Nice. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. I've already ate half of them. So that's why you, <laughs> that's why you double down on these recipes when you make them. Absolutely. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, so I was up last night. And I did something I haven't done since probably 1980. Uh, Do I, I watched, even want to know? <laughs> <laughs> I watched uh, squiggly porn. Squiggly porn? You know, remember when you had like, oh like, yeah, cable channels were decoding. <laughs> you had so, to squint no. to squint to see nipples. Yes, pretty much. And then they were purple or green. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. No, I watched uh, Saturday Night Live live. Well, not live because I'm on the West Coast, but when it was aired, not not just the clips on YouTube the next day. Um, I was sitting around and and the Melissa McCarthy playing Sean Spicer in the press room sketch was basically already going viral just from the East Coast feed. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, I'll settle, settle in and watch this. And, uh, you know, the, the, the certain very public figure has been saying how the show is just terrible and the ratings are down the tubes. Uh, funniest the show has been in years. Yeah. Now, those are alt rate. Those are alt reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are definitely alt reviews. Like, I really have not watched the show in ages, don't know much about the cast. I, I watched the whole damn thing, and uh, obviously the political stuff was hilarious. Melissa McCarthy, I mean, she deserves an Emmy for that sketch alone. Oh, I know. That, that was so good. <laughs> that was just unbelievable and exactly what we need as a nation right now. It was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but uh, the, the cast is great, and even, you know, the the, the regular sketches were very, very funny. Uh, I, I thought it was actually really good. I'm going to start watching Saturday Night Live again, which is something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I, I tend to do the, uh, you know, the YouTube, see the snippets. But, you know, mm -hmm. I end up going through and uh, hitting most of the show. Yeah. You know, some of them are hit or miss, but uh, because it always takes a little while for them to come up on Hulu and I can just check them out over my coffee to see what everybody's talking about that week. So. Right. Yeah. And I, it's uh, who was it? Uh, Kristen Stewart uh, hosted. I know next to nothing about her because I've never watched any of the Twilight movies and don't really care. Um, but that's I who that just, was. OK, I was trying to place yeah. her. Yeah, uh, she just came off as uh, the ultimate kind of millennial. The the whole opening, uh, not opening skit, because that was Baldwin doing Trump, which was hilarious. But the uh, m opening monologue was about how she was too cool and couldn't really care and can't be bothered about being on Saturday Night Live. And the irony being that she obviously was too cool and didn't really care <laughs> so much so <laughs> that she forgot she was on live network television and dropped an F-bomb. Oh, no way. <laughs> Yeah. Oops-a-daisy. Oops-a-daisy. Anyways, so Saturday Night Live, good on you. Not bad, not bad. I think I mentioned uh, like a couple of weeks ago that I signed up for nextdoor.com. I've been on it for, for a while, trying to sell stuff and unsuccessfully. I don't sell stuff on there, but I, I have met a lot of my neighbors, and I'm going to do a live podcasting class, and everybody helped me find a venue. I, I can apparently do free live classes at the library, so that's kind of uh -huh. cool. Had lunch well, for, for now. Uh, <laughs> while there's still a library um, well, there's still a library and you're allowed to like hold public gatherings mm -hmm. yep met uh met a very funny comedian in town named dale 
took me to lunch. We had a nice chat. Uh, I'm going to put one of his videos in the show notes that is you really had a mandate. good. I did, yes. <laughs> so <laughs> now the the one thing that got me though was uh, some woman posted a very long rant on there about Drew Barrymore's uh, new Netflix series and how she was aghast. And and utterly just so disappointed in Netflix to have a picture of, you know, someone eating a human arm and everybody in the I was like, I was terrified. I'm like, oh, no, here we go. I get to see the true nature of the neighborhood and everybody piled on her and then started trolling her, which, you know, I felt kind of bad at the end. But, you know, this guy posted a, I, I posted my little rant. I'm like, well, why don't maybe just like leave this board open for things that are you know, community based, which is what it's for. And stop complaining about everything you find offensive on the Internet. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then immediately after that, a guy posted up, oh, you mean this picture? And uh, of course, all the lulls yeah. started after that. But it was nice to see that my neighborhood is uh, not too bad, you know. Well, like a 60, a, yeah, some 60 year old woman who's like a school teacher is like, I bet you're one of those people that likes to ban books. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I, I have two thoughts on that. I, I've been on next door for a while. First off, you create any sort of venue and people will complain. Um, that's all people do on my net, my network here on next door. It's it's uh, somebody's dog pooped on my lawn and there's people walking around and blah, blah, blah. Shut the hell up. There's a couple um, of those. But for the most part, it's people just like selling stuff and talking about community activities and things like that. It's it's pretty, pretty civil discourse on mine. Yeah, I think you must have a smaller neighborhood than mine. I think mm-hmm. once you uh, increase the size, it gets worse. But who knows? Uh, secondly, um, Santa Clarita Diet is the name of the show that's on Netflix uh, with Drew Barrymore now. And uh, to be fair, it does look supremely stupid. Oh, it looks terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks absolutely horrible. I watched the trailer for it because I was on a Netflix roll the other night. and No, 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 not going to happen. Yeah, pass on that <laughs> one. I like Drew Barrymore, but I'm going to pass on that one. <laughs> I like Drew Barrymore until... I until finally somebody clued me in that she has a slight lisp and now I cannot not hear it. Oh, I think it it's super cute. <laughs> I well, think see, it's for cute. me, it's like the, the reverse earworm. It just drives me insane now. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I can't do it. And, um, and, to, and to be fair, her last great movie was The Wedding Singer, which I think was about 20, was 20 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> yes, at least 20 years ago. I ran into her once in person. She was dating the guitarist that was playing with Alanis at the time. And this is probably... 15 years ago and I, uh, it was just like a gigantic bag of patchouli walked in the room oh see i so met her at, in, in case you've ever wondered what she smells like i met her at idoru uh over by the beverly center and she smelled lovely when i saw her <laughs> so she and sat she you, sat right behind me at dinner and she smelled lovely maybe you're more into patchouli than i no 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 maybe i think i got her in a non-patchouli phase so. uh, okay this was like 97 so <laughs> yeah um let's just Call what we should probably talk about this because obviously we're not going to stop talking about the administration. Um, I would like to. <laughs> there was, I, I would love to. Nothing would please me more, but we're not because um, we can't. OK, uh, make it quick. <laughs> there are so many things that I would like to talk about, but we're just going to stick with the things that actually deal with tech. And unfortunately, there's still a lot of those. Uh, but I will say um, this is from The Atlantic. It's Elliot Cohen. It's a really great article. I mean, if you're so if you're just so Trumpy, you're never going to care about anything. You're not going to read this. If you're on the fence, read it. And I just like it because it basically says, hey, everybody, uh, we were right. So, you know, we were warning you. You told us to tone us down. You told us to give him a chance. You said, oh, shut up about this being not normal. Mm, it's pretty damn not normal. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. The, the link will be in the show notes. It's called A Clarifying Moment in American History. And uh, let's get on to some tech stuff now. Okay. In the news. Well, unfortunately, we do have to stick with the Trump thing for a little while because it is everywhere. Told you. (laughs) uh, But at least I want to have a a tech spin on it here. And tech leaders are condemning Trump's immigration ban because the tech industry pretty much lives and dies by, you know, those H-1B visas or whatever they're called, you know, half. My wife's on one. Exactly. You know, they're. You can't hit a rock or you, well, you can't hit a rock, but you can't throw a rock without hitting an immigrant say, in tech. I, I was about to say, you're not going to say you can't hit your wife. No, no, no. Well, you can't do that either. <laughs> well, I can now. Apparently. Unless you're unless you're Sean Connery. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, lots of lots and lots and lots of protests. Uh, Google's employees had a, a staged walkout, which was yep. which was interesting. It was pretty good. Um but yeah, there's there's so much going on with this immigration ban and in the tech sector and just fallout everywhere from it. The um, thing is, it, it was just so horribly rolled out, so disastrously <laughs> under misunderstood and, and non-defined. Um, there probably is a way that you could sort of kind of take a look at the whole immigration process rationally and and it definitely there are some areas for overhaul and whatnot but the way this was rolled out jesus christ yeah yeah no. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's kind of like a squarespace website a uh unintuitive fuster clock yeah something like that or you know a wordpress update oh uh, yeah yeah <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and nothing works that's, that's pretty <laughs> much what the country had that day yeah so Anyways, I I found an interesting article, and I was hoping maybe you could explain this to me, Jason, because I don't entirely understand this. Um, Popular bookmarking site Pinboard, who we have talked about in the past. Mm -hmm. um, He has a very funny uh, Twitter feed. Yes, the creation of developer and activist. uh, Say the name, Jason. No. I'm not even going to try. No. You're not going to do it either? It's called Pinboard Guy, because there's just no way to pronounce that. Okay, so Pinboard Guy tweeted to his 38,000 followers on Sunday night, urging techies to discreetly and securely send along paperwork signed with their companies. The goal, Pinboard Guy tweeted, is to start the work of organizing tech employees. Some friendly labor lawyers will use these to strategize. My question being, and I read this article and then Googled and read a few more articles, strategize what? Yeah. Is he's try- trying to start like a union, like a tech employee union, or what's the deal? I think I've made it clear on this podcast and on my Twitter and certainly in my personal life that I'm very pro-resistance right now. However, I require some sort of idea of what exactly we're doing. This yeah. guy is not providing anything. <laughs> no. Um, I Yeah, he's he's been all over the place lately, but uh, this is an odd one. I don't quite okay. get it. Yes, tech workers of the world unite. You have nothing to lose but your goddamn open plan offices, which I'd be fine with losing. Those things are those things are useless. Yeah, open plan offices is the worst thing that's ever happened to the Ugh. workspace. Give us doors or give us death. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> or or at least free noise canceling headphones. <laughs> yes. So yeah. So I didn't get it, and I'm glad that you didn't either. So now I don't feel quite so stupid anymore. No. Yeah. I'm not sharing. Well, my company paperwork would be signed with my by myself. So no. <laughs> That's true. Same here. So I, I'm, I'm not, not turning I'm not on sending myself. You what I, well, I'm not sending you what I pay myself. Exactly. Or whatever the hell I signed to myself. Yes, I have a non-disclosure agreement with myself, so I can't talk about it. I had the hardest time getting myself to sign that. I know, man. I had to look at it. I had to reread it to myself five or six times. And then finally, I, you know, I talked myself into it because I really wanted the job with myself. Basically, I needed the money. Yeah, that's kind of it. That's kind of came down to. I, I'm still morally opposed to myself, but. Oh, well, yes. You know, we all have that. 
Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, mean, I mean, by being morally <laughs> opposed to you, but uh, oh, and yeah. I'm sure you're morally opposed to me too. So it, it's all it's all the vicious tech cycle. So yes, it really is. Yeah, we still work together. Yes, we do. Go yeah. figure. We just explained Silicon Valley. I think we did. <laughs> Okay, okay, what you got next? <laughs> uh, delete Uber. Oh yeah, this was a thing for this. This was a, uh, it's still a thing. tempest it's, in a teapot. It's, it's going. I don't think so. I think there was a lot to it. I mean, if you look granted, at the numbers, I, if you look at the numbers, it's just about nothing. About two hundred thousand, uh, two hundred thousand people kind of followed through with it out of their forty million users. You so. can look at the numbers, or you can look at the reaction and what actually happened from it, which was big. Well, yeah, I mean, this guy Travis backtracked on a lot of different things, but uh, it, he it, right. the one thing he did that is the interesting one is you know he quit Trump's advisory council. Yes, um, he did that. Uh, they also, I would say, well, okay, let's start at the beginning here. Okay, let's, um, let's back, back the truck up, back the Uber yeah, up, back the, back the Uber up. Let's go back to the the immigration ban or the Muslim ban, which I, you're supposed to not say Muslim ban, but considering the president of the United States tweeted Muslim ban, I think we can say it's a Muslim ban. There you go. So there you go. He did it, uh, and uh, so the basically the New York uh, the New York Taxi Workers Alliance uh, basically said uh, we are going to protest and we're announcing a one work. One hour work stoppage at JFK International Airport out of solidarity with the protesters and made a powerful statement on Facebook, blah, blah, blah. This is going all over the place on Twitter. So uh, Uber, New York Twitter account, made a somewhat less inspiring announcement and decided to turn off surge pricing at JFK Airport uh, to capitalize on the fact that there weren't any caps. Yeah, see, that could be taken in two different ways. You know, it could be saying that uh, we're going to we're not we're not going to profit off of it. But by not profiting off of it, they're still profiting off of it. The only way that they could win this this entire situation is if they turned off Uber around JFK for that hour and joined, well, it, joined in the strike. That's the only <laughs> that's the only win that they could have got. It, it was the only one they could have gotten. Apparently, it was even worse in that the surge pricing was only turned off if you were leaving JFK airport. It did not apply to anybody taking Ubers to join the protests. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oopsies. Yeah. <laughs> So this caused uh, you just always love it when Uber steps on their dick. So it doesn't matter what they did. You know, full disclosure, obviously, I can't stand Uber anyways. I was looking for a reason to delete my Uber account. And thank you. You provided one. Um, You you provided it for a lot of people. And actually, that's a lot of the commentary I did see, which is I was just kind of waiting for a reason to get rid of them anyways, because I'm against them in so many different reasons. And for, you know, and now this is just fine. It's, you know, camel, straw, thing, brack. Back, see, break, I got to yeah, I got to make a, a few tweets to friends who were like, see, but, you know, they're they're pledging all this money for their employees that are getting caught up in this. And I'm like, yeah, that's just until yeah. they can fire them. It's that just crocodile nothing. tears. Exactly. So the more fun thing is uh, it, if you try to delete Uber, you then discover that this is a two to three day process that you are not in control of. Um, you don't just get to delete it. You get to request it being deleted and then they'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, so they do that by sending you an email, uh, but they waited their sweet time so they could draft a really crappy letter basically saying, um, Hey, if you're deleting your account because you think that, uh, we're, we're okay with the ban, we're not, it's yeah. unjust, <laughs> it's wrong. And it's against everything that we stand for a company. And if you really read the letter, it goes, and you wouldn't want to hurt our poor employees, would you? It basically tries to guilt you into it. Yep. 
Yeah. So and in I my, was like, in my, my mind, I was going, you're going to fire them anyways. Yeah. You don't like your employees anyway. And they you can know? just go to Lyft. And this could be just coming from an AI anyway, because, you know, they probably have automated customer support at some point there. Yeah. Um, and if they don't now, they certainly will. Yes. But I, my deletion took a couple extra days because we are unable to automatically delete your account because you have an outstanding credit. A support representative will reach out to you shortly for further assistance. Then I finally got it. Oh, your account has been deleted as requested. No, nothing about getting my money back that they had credit for. Uh, oh, so they uh, just just kept my twenty three bucks. And that's messed up. yeah, thanks Uber. And uh, and Good of job, course, Uber. if you want to use Uber again, we'd be delighted to click here. Like, uh, yes, of course. Where's my money, you fuckers? <laughs> yeah. So all that happened. A lot of people deleted it. A lot of people are still deleting it. Obviously, it's not much in terms of their overall user base. But I think this has made a you know. They, uh, the optics were not good, as they say. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Kalanick leaving Trump's advisory council, I don't know if I'm on board with that, because I think it's better to fight from the inside than the outside. If you, well, have, the ch- if you have the chance to be on the inside, that's what, you know, Elon that, Musk is getting a lot of flack for this now. And Exactly. I, I don't necessarily think he needed to leave the advisory council either. I think it's a good idea to have people in there that are showcasing exactly, you know, what the real world is like the Ubers, the real world, but, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, but have some people on the inside it's being on the council. You're advising. That doesn't necessarily be, you're not a yes man. So come out, be strong about the fact that you do not agree with the policies. Uh, I think every I think we've reached a point now where nobody gets to sit on the fence. I think we've all kind of come to that conclusion. Um, we'll talk more about other companies that have decided, you know, company. This is a strange time because any time in the previous entire history of our country, no company would come out politically and pick on one side or another unless there was a very specific reason to do so. The reality right now is everybody does have to pick a side, and mm. people are. And you can do that publicly and then still sit on the council to try to fight the good fight, which is what Elon Musk is saying he's doing. Is he doing it? Who the hell knows? We'll see. Yeah, who knows? I mean, people are canceling their Tesla 3 orders, which, you know, for a lot of people is like, yes, so they can get in line and get, get theirs faster. Exactly. It's making a lot of other people fat, uh, happy about that. I actually saw a friend of mine tweeted that, you know, she's way up in the listing now. Cool. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, the FCC has decided to stop companies from providing subsidized internet to low-income users. Now, you read this headline and you get angry. And you think, well, that's messed up. Why mm-hmm. wouldn't we provide subs- – if a company wants to provide subsidized internet to low-income users, why shouldn't they be able to? You get a little bit further into it. Well, the government's paying for it. And there's a lot of uh, – apparently there's a lot of bullshit and, and trickery going on and a lot of corruption Okay, so fix it. Don't shut it down. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's okay. a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's going on right now, especially with the zero rating that's happening, and they're trying to say that uh, by allowing all of the zero rating, which is you know having uh, like Netflix on your phone and get free data from that, that's actually going to open up the phone markets for lower income people, so they won't have to spend so much on bandwidth and all this other stuff. It's uh, yes, but they only get to see what you want them to see. Yeah. That's the thing. So, yeah, the, the net neutrality stuff starts to play into it. Big yeah, and that's time, going but, out the window super fast. <laughs> yeah, it's basically dead. Uh, yeah, so the new uh, FCC chairman appointed by the Trump administration is is shutting this program down. So there will be no subsidies for uh, low-income people to get on the Internet anymore, which is a bummer because I think it's very important for everybody to get on the Internet. However, I did see, you know, I was running through some of the financials on it. It is blown out of proportion. So scale it back, but keep it going. Come on. And anyways, in the meantime, apparently us taxpayers just paid $100,000 for Eric Trump to take a business trip to Uruguay. Oh, uh, really? So, 
and we're uh, the there's no there's no confirmed number yet, but apparently it's costing nearly a million dollars a day for Melania Trump to decide she didn't want to be first lady and stay in New York. Yeah, that's some bullshit right there. So let's look at, uh, you know, I, I would rather our money be spent on low-income users getting Internet access than paying for Eric Trump's stupid travel vouchers and Melania Trump to stay in New York City. Just mm-hmm. saying. <sighs> Fun times. Mm-hmm. Um, medium. 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 Uh, they're going to be launching a subscription model since they couldn't make ads work. <laughs> what are we paying for? We don't know yet. They're still oh, figuring okay. it out. It's unclear. Who's paying? Do you have to pay to write? Do you have to pay to read? Which way is this working? Uh, who knows? Maybe you got to do both. I will mm. pay to post my article, and then you can pay to read it, and then they keep all the money. <laughs> I'll pay you five bucks to never discuss Medium again. I'll pay you ten bucks to never discuss Uber again. Well, hopefully we'll both get our wish. <laughs> hey, then I'm still out five bucks. Shit. <laughs> See, I'm the smart one. I got to renegotiate. <laughs> Uh, I loves me some SpaceX, but they're in a little bit of trouble with uh, the Government Accountability Office because they found a flaw in their Falcon 9 rockets in one of the uh, the fuel pumps, which mm-hmm. is not good. And apparently well, the- that's that's what's caused some major shuttle disasters before flaws in the fuel pumps. So, uh, well, the good. shuttle one was the foam, the uh, the foam on the outside that was breaking off, which mm-hmm. was the big one and broke the heat shield. But this uh well, as we know, the one uh, the one blew up with poor Zuckerberg's little satellite on it. So, yep. which uh, oh, going back and watching that explosion again, it's still a really cool explosion to watch. <laughs> Sorry, Zuck, but it's still pretty fun to watch. Uh, so hopefully they can get this fixed so they can uh, keep on track with all of the flights that NASA needs to uh, to book and take stuff up into space. Yeah. Let's get that fixed. Yeah. Do you remember coin? Oh, do I? I uh, friend, friend of the show, Fergal, I, I mention it at least once a day. In fact, I'm going over to his place to watch the Super Bowl, so I'm, be, I'm sure be, I will be sure to bring up this this uh, article. Yeah. Yep, Coin is dead. They're done. All of their products and services are being shut down at the end of February. All data will be securely deleted from our servers as they will no longer be running. So, to get out the drills, uh, the data exists on your coin. will continue to be protected via your tap code should you continue to use your coin. But uh, is anybody using a coin anymore? Anyone? I would love to know that. Bueller? Obviously, Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> All two people uh, I know that have coins. It was always fun. It was. It was. It was a coin roulette. It's like, okay, is it going to work this time when we're out at lunch? And yeah. it's fifty-fifty. You know, yeah. that's just close your eyes and flip a coin. If it was, <laughs> there you go. Flip but a hey. coin. <laughs> To, to be fair, they're trailblazers because uh, this new chip thing is 50-50, too. That's true. So, so we're all in the same boat now. So Coin was really ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Making your money not work since 2015. Exactly. Trailblazers. Oh, cash, 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 cash. Uh, Lifehacker had a really interesting article. Um, you know, we're self-employed, so this isn't such a big deal for us but uh, one of the big things that we rail on uber for is the fact that we know that they're just planning to fire their employees as soon as possible this is a nice uh, fun article on lifehacker called the company you work for is not your friend just a I, reminder that, that still could be us that we're self-employed so that's true i hate myself I, <laughs> if i made I'm enough money to fire myself i'd be i'd fire myself in a heartbeat i don't understand how i even hired myself in the first place that's true it yeah. is true uh, so, yeah, this is just it's a cheery show. So go ahead and read this. Human resources is not there to protect you. They're there to protect the company. Always keep a job offer in your back pocket. 
Never stop looking for work, especially after you land a new job. <laughs> this is all fun stuff. Yes. No when to fold them. Yeah, good times. Yeah, and uh, pee and Janet and HR's coffee whenever you get a chance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, an article from Recode. Uh, if we want technology that isn't beholden to advertisers, we have to pay for it. This Medium! The no, the, no, the no shit Sherlock files. <laughs> yeah. What we've said is wrong with the internet since day one. Uh, although this is, uh, let's see, what is this guy's name? Sorry, I'm blanking on it. Tristan Harris. Uh, he's time well spent founder. Uh, and he's uh, says it's time for a, quote, air quotes, organic movement in tech. I already don't like this guy, even though I agree with what he's saying. Uh, I, I, um, did you listen to the podcast with him? I d- did not listen to it. I just read all the quotes. You'll like him after you listen to the podcast. He's actually pretty cool. <laughs> All right, then I will throw out everything I was about to say and listen to the podcast first. Yeah, he he, <laughs> he studied a lot of the gamification stuff uh, at Stanford under BJ Fogg, and he talks he talks about you know how tech companies are really trying to you know basically can we, they they can we what can we discuss what what kind of a cool name BJ Fogg is? Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, I, I we couldn't let that one just go by. No, you he's just, you just said BJ Fogg, and I'm supposed to believe that's a real person. It is a real person. He teaches right. at Stanford, and. Uh, I'm actually trying to trying to get him on my other show, but uh, he does a, he, do some research into him. He's an interesting cat, and turns out a lot of people in Silicon Valley go through his course. Like uh, one of the founders of Instagram was in Harris's uh, class with him, and they studied all the different ways that these people try and and game you. One that I didn't even know was a thing is when you load uh, Twitter up, mm-hmm. the little notification number that comes up. Yep, that is. That is slow by default because it's kind of like a uh, slot machine mentality. It's like, you know, Wait for var- it. variable Wait for rewards. It. Yep. Variable yeah. rewards. And it's like, oh, it, it popped up. Woohoo. And then sometimes you're staring at it, waiting for it. And there's nothing there. And it's like, oh, reload. Try again. You know? Yeah. So these guys know what they're doing when it comes to gamification. And this guy's like, hey, you know what? We can probably take some of that back if we just pay for stuff and not have to worry about it. <laughs> Yeah. So definitely, right. yeah, uh, definitely listen to that podcast. It was one of the one of the few Recode Decode podcasts I've listened to recently that I actually liked. Okay, cool. Yeah, I just found this the other day, so I hadn't had a chance to listen to the whole thing yet, but I will do so. Uh, I want to give a hat tip to Mr. Coin, Fergal, who sent me this link from Ars Technica. In the not-too-distant future, brain hackers could steal your deepest secrets. Or they this could just the, read uh, your posts on Facebook. Yeah, or they could just, you know, data mine you. Yeah. Yep, but anyways, at the Enigma Security Conference at, uh, on Tuesday, University of Washington researcher Tamara Bonacci, Bonacci. Described, Bonacci described an experiment that demonstrated how a simple video game could be used to covertly harvest neural responses to periodically displayed subliminal images. Yeah. While her game, dubbed Flappy Whale, measured <laughs> subjects' reactions to relatively innocuous things such as logos of fast food restaurants and cars. She said the same setup could be used to extract much more sensitive information. Blah, 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 blah. This goes all the way back to forever, basically. Um, <laughs> Clockwork Orange, etc. cetera. Uh, but, but basically what they're saying is uh, this can be baked into games without people really knowing. Um, and in the very near future, we'll be able to read uh, people's reactions to things in real time without them even knowing it. Oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, great. That's fun, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, well, we talk about the dark web every now and again, mm-hmm. and uh, apparently more than 10,000 Tor-based websites were taken down because Freedom Hosting 2 was taken offline. And uh, Freedom, they, freedom they, made free. Well, they wanted uh, the hackers wanted to get, sell the compromised information back for 0.1 Bitcoin or just a little over 100 bucks. They needed beer money, beer and wings money to go to Hooters for the, the big game for the today. Super Bowl, yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Awesome. And, and they said that uh, a lot of the stuff was kitty porn that they pulled from the web. So interesting. Eh, hmm, dark web. Not so uh, not so nice a place. I guess not. I don't know. I'll never find out. Yeah, I'm, st- uh, I'm sticking clear of it. I'm on <laughs> enough watch lists already. Yeah. Uh, in uh, basically continuation of the brain hackers stealing your darkest secrets, uh, we have a real life version of this now, sort of. MIT has built a wearable app that can detect emotion in conversation. Also, a recent plot of the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I don't watch that show anymore. It's kind of horrible now. I don't know why it's still on my DVR. I think it's the last season, so you oh, thank God. don't have to deal with it for much longer. They've run out of jokes. Um, anyways, how a person tells a story can be interpreted in a multitude of ways, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so a team at Massachusetts Institute of Technology has built a wearable app that parses conversations to identify the emotion behind each part of the story. If you've got this app, listen to the podcast and tell us when we're all lying or bored. Okay, <laughs> interesting. Yeah. It's uh, built into a fitness tracker. Uh, it collects physical and speech data to analyze the overall tone of the story in real time. Then it uses artificial intelligence, <clears throat> machine learning. Uh, the app can figure out which part of the conversation was happy or sad and tracks emotional changes in five-second intervals. Hmm, interesting. Supposedly it's doing it with 83% accuracy, although it's unclear if the research has been peer-reviewed. And, of course, there is obviously the uh, self-induced bias on this sort of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to know. You know what? Remember those biofeedback devices? Mood rings. Well, no, no, not mood rings, but like the um they had touch sensors on them and it's like galvanic galvanic skin response yeah. uh little things to so you could calm yourself down and use that. So I wonder if I I I kind of think I want to remember that that stuff was debunked, but it'd be interesting if they started using that kind of stuff in fitness trackers to kind of, you know, at least test your sweat or your your acidity to see if uh it changes when you're Telling stories or lying might be interesting. Right, might be interesting. Kickstarter it. No, oh, I'll get on that. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's an interesting article uh, in uh, VentureBeat talking about why Intel is filling the skies with drones, and mm. you know, I I still don't put Intel into the the drone thing, but until I dawned on me, wait, these are the guys that are doing all of the the big drone shows for Disney and stuff. So yep, yep, which I am dying to go see. Well, you get to watch it today on the Super Bowl because Lady Gaga is going to have hundreds of drones spinning around her head. So that should be interesting. (laughs) God, I hope they just pick her up and fly her off. I don't mind her. Yeah, her music has sucked for years. I don't mind her. I think she's a character, but (laughs) I don't listen to her music. Maybe that's why I'm probably on the, the other side of it. You realize she is a musician and she's playing the halftime show with music. Yes, I do. I okay. do. I know she's not going to just stand there in a meat suit. Okay. I did. And I did listen to her album with, uh, what's his name? Tony, uh, Bennett. Tony, Tony Bennett. Yeah. I thought that was a pretty good album. It's all right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Are we done with Intel? Yeah, we're done with Intel. Yeah, okay, just, just check, check it out. Check out the uh, interview if you want to learn more about what Intel is doing with drones. Because I just, you know, I'm always curious as to what people are doing with the, the drones nowadays, especially when big companies like that are behind it. All right, cool. Well, when Elon Musk isn't fifth columning inside the uh, Trump administration, he is uh, tunneling under Los Angeles. Has he started yet? Apparently he has. Escape from L.A. is getting ready to go in our very near apocalyptic <laughs> future. Um, after Twitter hints and tidbits and whining about Los Angeles traffic, he has finally started digging a tunnel, well, at least a hole. <laughs> Over this last weekend, workers excavated a test trench that is 30 feet wide, 50 feet long, and 15 feet deep on the grounds of SpaceX's L.A. headquarters. All so right. they, they are starting, which I guess you would have to start on your 
own land. I'd imagine you'd even have to get approval for that because you can't just start digging willy nilly. No, if you're going to dig, you got to call. You got to call all of the uh, utilities. But I don't know where SpaceX's headquarters is. So. Uh, I believe it's Torrance, a little bit south. Yeah, there. there's nothing there. So. Just dig, dig away. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, dig away. Who cares? <laughs> and uh, just a quick note because we did usually talk about the music business a lot. Um, I don't believe we have any national chain physical chains anymore in the, in the U.S. at all that sell CDs and things like that. I mean, Walmart, but that doesn't count because it's not just music um, or movies. They're all gone. Uh, Canada still has a few. Well, not anymore. Not anymore. Uh, HM, <laughs> HMV is going out of business in Canada as well. So another one bites the dust. Physical music is dead. And yeah, that means vinyl too, buddy. I know you're still listening. Security? Ha! All right. Welcome back to Security with Dave Bittner from The Cyberwire. How's it going, Dave? Oh, it's going pretty good. Pretty good. Here we are. Second month of uh, 2017. Where has the time gone? Oh, I know. we got to wrap this up because Brian's nappy is wet. So uh, let's get to it. All right. Well, <laughs> our first story today, uh, this is from Motherboard. It's called uh, Hacker Dumps iOS Cracking Tools Allegedly Stolen from Celebrite. Okay. Now, uh, let's go back in time a little bit. We, do anybody remember who Celebrite is? Is that the Israeli company that was selling all the tools to the San Bernardino folks? That is correct. Celebrite hey, is, is right. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you get to go to the next round. Uh, oh, you actually have a bell. Oh, <laughs> yes, I do. All right. So, uh, it's all those production elements with all the money we make. Yes. Yeah, Three ninety five <laughs> went for that bell. High quality. What's a podcast without a bell? Um, so yeah, Celebrite is the company that uh, Scott. Most people think they're the ones who actually uh, helped unlock the San Bernardino iPhone. Um, mm. They also make uh, a tool, piece of hardware that many police forces use. That basically um, helps. Uh, it's called the Universal Forensic Extraction Device, or the UFED for short. Okay. Uh, and it's a small device. It's you know, about the size of an iPad or so, and you can plug a lot of different phones in it and it will just suck down the uh the sms messages and the emails and whatever it can get out of the phone so law enforcement loves this device and um and they love celebrate as well so um earlier this year uh, motherboard also reported that a hacker had stolen nearly a terabyte of data from celebrate um, and now the uh, hacker has uh, posted a good bit of that data online and so, that includes uh, the tools that includes the tools. Oh, nice. It also right. includes a readme file with some really awesome ASCII art. Man, I haven't seen that <laughs> since back in the old days. Backdoors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I have to admit an affection for, uh, for ASCII art. Uh, it seems like Snoopy <laughs> made the rounds a lot back in the day. Oh, uh, yeah. But, so, so um, <laughs> that, that's when you would get your Juarez off the BBSs. That's I always right. thought it was yes. wares. It is wares, but it's that's wares. how you always okay. knew that if people didn't know their shit, they'd say, hey, man, you got any Juarez? <laughs> oh, I'm like, nice. I'm not going to Mexico. No, no. Just <laughs> no. Give, give me some downloads, motherfucker. <laughs> so this includes a, a bunch of, uh, of tools that uh, could be used for hacking into various devices. Um, and, um, you know, Motherboard contacted uh, Celebrite and Celebrite, you know, said, I think what you'd expect them to say, which is, you know, we develop tools for many different things. And, um, you know, <laughs> these are some of them. Um, so, but the point for the hacker, the point that the hackers are trying to make, which I think is a good one, is that uh, when it comes to talking about backdoors, of course, one of the big fears is that the tools used to to uh, do the backdooring, if you will, uh, will eventually be released to the public. 
And that's the point they're making with this, that if you make these tools available, if you make these tools, sooner or later, someone is going to get access to them and they're going to post them. And so basically everyone's security has the potential of being compromised. Um, and that's really the point that these hackers are trying to make uh, by uh, posting these stolen tools that they got from Celebrite. Well, hopefully Apple right now is fixing all the holes that these tools used. Well, you know, actually, Jason, that brings a, an interesting point. One of the things that uh, I thought was interesting is that Motherboard has – the headline for this on Motherboard is Hacker Dumps iOS Cracking Tools, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But then in the article, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> it actually says, uh, stolen from Celebrite relating to Android and BlackBerry devices and older iPhones – some ah. of which may have been copied from publicly available phone cracking tools. So, Clickbait! Uh, Are you saying the headline was misleading? I'm saying that if you put anything about anything related to iOS or Apple, your traffic goes way up compared to uh, Android or, of course, BlackBerry. Because so, uh, seven yeah. people have a BlackBerry now. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this works on older iPhones. Um, so to, to answer your question, yeah, presumably Apple with the newer um, phones has uh, closed the holes. On my 3GS, so, I, will have to, I will have to take it out back behind the woodshed and shoot it now. There you go. <laughs> Just give it to Bam Bam to play with. There we go. He'll, he can bury it in the backyard. <laughs> she will not bury it in the backyard. I'm sorry. She. Yes, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Please accept my apologies to Bam Bam. I, I, uh, I, there's a neighbor of mine has a Roddy that's a he, and so I think that's where I got confused. Uh -huh, so. uh -huh. uh, and as I've discussed many times on this show, there's another reason you should be confused because, you know, Bam Bam is the male in the Flintstones. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? That's a great, that's a great point, Brian. You are absolutely 100% correct. I know. <laughs> One of the very rare times Brian is on point. Now let's move along to the IRS. <laughs> All right. So uh, this is on, uh, from Krebs on Security. The IRS has uh, issued an urgent alert, which is uh, means it's pretty serious, um, for a couple of things. Um, does this relate see, to Donald Trump's taxes by any chance? You know, it does not. You know, he's oh. still being audited. Uh, so. Okay. <laughs> you know, it takes a long time for those tiny hands to find all the paperwork and hand them over to the IRS. He can only he can only hold so many pieces of paper at the same time. So the IRS, the IRS has issued uh, a couple of uh, urgent alerts um, about two different things. So there's CEO fraud, and that's where um, an attacker prevent, uh, pre pretends to be the boss, and they trick employees into usually wiring funds. The jokes getting, just write themselves here. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> or getting um, other information uh, out of the company. Um, I would have to then, say uh, that uh, Stu Sauerman and his guys over at uh, their company, was it No Before? Those guys cover this extensively, and they do a really good job at it. Okay. Um, the other thing is uh, W-2 phishing, and that's where, again, the, the, the bad guys impersonate the boss, and they mm -hmm. request that uh, the folks in accounting send over copies of all the employee tax, tax forms. Hmm. Right. And a W-2 is very valuable because a W-2, of course, contains all the information that a bad guy needs to um, to submit a fraudulent um, tax re tax uh, return and basically get your refund uh, before you do. Hmm. Uh, and so W-2 forms are actually quite valuable because of that. Um, 
And uh, so what's happening is the bad guys are going in and, um, you know, not only are they asking to have wire tra- money wire transferred, but they're also, while they're at it, asking for all the information about W-2s. Um, and evidently they're doing it a lot earlier this year than they usually do. They usually, usually pop up every year around tax time. Um, and the, the problem is, is that you, you don't know that your, your uh, tax return has been fraudulently submitted and that people got your refund until you try to go and submit your tax forms and try to get your refund. Um, So uh, there are things you can do. There's, uh, in this story, they have all the various emails that uh, you can send to, to, uh, if this happens to you, there are, of of course, official forms to fill out and people to contact. And the IRS has a lot of um, information on their website about identity theft and how to prevent it and so forth. But, you know, if you're someone at a company who is, uh, has any, uh, anything related to any of these types of forms, uh, you just need to be really uh, on guard about these sorts of uh, phishing attacks trying to... Uh, have you ever either- been to a corporation and met the HR department? I have. have. Yes. And what do you think the chances are of them listening to this show and taking your advice? Well, hopefully someone in IT will go down and uh, give them a good talking to or maybe let them or or maybe, you know what, just send them the Krebs article. That's what we ask, right? Uh, That's assuming (laughs) that they can read. (laughs) <laughs> well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, this affects this affects all of us. You know, any of us who, well, I guess those of us who are self-employed, maybe not so much. But you know, anybody who's working for a company that deals with W-2s, you know, if someone from that company sends out all the W-2s, and you won't know it until you go to try to get your your refund. So yeah. I, ha- I have a I have a solution. Yes, Fire sir. the HR department. You know, Jason, I'm starting to get the feeling like maybe you had a run-in with the HR department somewhere. Maybe just a few imagine, times. Just, just a few times. I can't imagine why. With your sparkling, sunny personality, I can't imagine how you would have a run-in with an HR department. <laughs> Jason DeFilippo, self-employed, not by choice. <laughs> Actually, quite by choice, because I have met Janet from HR, who uh, definitely could not get employed in any other position in the company. Yes. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, you have not met Janet. I, I have Damn not it. met Janet, but I, I have plenty of uh, there are plenty of fine people in HR, Jason. Come on. <laughs> okay, let's move on because now I know you're making some alternative truths up. <laughs> I work with many of them who happen to be responsible for my W two. Ah, I Don't. see. I see how this works. You do not bite the hand that feeds. That's right, and feeds my children. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, so this was something we, we had in our daily news brief, um, and I just thought it was kind of interesting. It's a, it's a Reddit thread, and uh, someone is sort of tracing through a Facebook friend suggestion that this person thinks should be impossible. Uh, basically, uh, an ex-girlfriend from 20 years ago, who this mm-hmm. person has not had any contact with it for t- t- 20 years. Right. Uh popped up as a friend suggestion on Facebook. Now, right. how would you guys react to, to, to this? What, what, would, you, what would you think? I've actually had this happen to a friend, and she freaked the fuck out. Yeah? <laughs> so um, from, from actual experience, yes, it is terrifying when somebody that pops up on your feed that has no relationship to you whatsoever for at least 20 years shows up and says, you might like to meet this person. It's just like, I thought he was ah! dead. <laughs> <laughs> right. How did they find me? How did they find me? Yeah, Yeah, that's honestly it. We spent like a couple days trying to backtrace how this could happen, and we still haven't figured it out. 
This is a very weird thing that I mean, I, I'll I will personally never experience this because I have no like a part of my life that I've completely blocked off. There are at least some friends somewhere. I'm friends with some people from my high school. I'm friends with some people from my elementary school. Throughout my entire history, there are people that are connected to someone else. So I would never be freaked out about this. But I've increasingly weirded out by our use of technology and the fact that we don't we can't even read the fucking manual as if we had one because we don't know how most of the technology that we use even works anymore and this is one of those cases yeah it really is i mean if you go through i don't, i'm not gonna we don't have time to go through all the details but this is someone who had had been very deliberate about the privacy and you know even wasn't even using their real name on facebook and uh, it really goes through how what are the possible ways that facebook made this connection uh, and, you know, and uh, this person thinks that they've found a, a plausible explanation for it. But, right. um, you know, boy, um, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where it makes you think. You go, oh, well, oh, right, that could, that could be a connection. Oh, right, that's yeah, how I they found it. I farted once in no. a men's room in West Virginia and they captured the, the DNA they, and now it's yep. come back to haunt me. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> Which is pretty close uh, again, to how this worked, but <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's uh again, we don't have the time to go through it, but if it's, if you're interested in this kind of thing, follow the link. It's it's pretty interesting little thread. Yeah, it's very cool. And a little bit freaky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Two of my favorite things. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh the I'm not a robot checkbox is yes. one of those lovely captures that uh, Google has been rolling out for a while instead of us having to transcribe old books, which is what we did for a long time. So I'm assuming that we have now transcribed all the books in the universe, uh, so they don't need that anymore. And we don't have to check out numbers on street signs, so apparently they've mapped us all completely. We now have a little checkbox that just says, I'm not a robot. Well, what they're doing with that is they're checking a lot of different vectors on your visit, which is, you know, are you already signed into Google? How do the movements on the page with your mouse work? Did you just go straight there? Is it like a linear progression? Did you move the mouse around? All this crazy stuff. And it's mm -hmm. been very hard to beat. That's one of the things about it. But someone has actually beat it with mm -hmm. a literal robotic arm. Ah, uh, the great the irony. <laughs> yes. The I'm not a robot verification has been beaten by an actual robot. I love this story. <laughs> so. I do too. And my very favorite thing about the robot is that the robot has googly eyes. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you're going to have a robot, come on, you got to have some googly eyes. I think all robots should come with googly eyes. The, this, the, well, I believe that's that's Asimov's first law. <laughs> you know, it's probably in there. Yeah, yeah, it probably is. Maybe it didn't make the first edit. I don't know. But uh, yes. in, the, in the future, it just needs no, some I'm, fuzzy dice and a pine tree uh, air freshener. And then, then it can no, be a taxi got, driver. Uh, I've got Mel Brooks's Moses coming down the mountain in my mind now. You know, dropped half the laws of robotics. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fifteen. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't seen this, go check out the show notes and take a look at the robot because it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It is an adorable yeah. robot. I mean, it, it really know. is. So uh, my final story that I've got here is the uh, no shit Sherlock file. <clears throat> also, the very <laughs> limited use case file, because I can't imagine somebody being smart enough to want a VPN, but dumb enough to go with a free one. Uh, but that is the story. So <laughs> a study has found that most free Android VPNs are leaking data and many don't even bother to use encryption. Gasp. So 
Oh, yeah, nearly 300 Android VPNs. Who knew that there were that many? 84% of those studied leaked users' web traffic, 38% contained malware or malvertising, and 18% didn't bother to encrypt data at all. Three of the apps even directly <laughs> intercepted traffic, allowing, for example, the people to read users' email if they visited their Gmail site while using it. So pay for your damn VPN, people. Yes, and uh, as an add-on, I'm going to add this one. If you go to redtube.com today, <clears throat> just this is a scientific experiment here, uh, mm-hmm. you will be actually sent to a page that says your Flash player is out of date, and it will send you a new Flash update that you have to install. Oh, boy. People, do not And uh, on the off that. chance that you are <laughs> unaware of what RedTube is, do not do this at work. Yes, if you don't know what RedTube is, don't you? You don't need to go look at it. This is this is the same as googling prolapsed anus or goatsy. Do not do it, which means that some of you will, and I am sorry for you. So does that like so, Jason? Does that likely mean that um, what is it? RedTube. Yes, is that what you said. Uh, let me type. What is the site of which you speak? Computer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to make. I just want to make sure I have that spelling right. I, I just. No, I but... miss. I misspelled <laughs> you, and I typed in red instead of uh, you, and and then boom, I got a download for a uh, flash updater. And uh, unfortunately, Dave, you're going to be getting a call from Janet from Human Resources now, and that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that so, so, she just she just walked into my office, and boy, does she look un- upset! Wow. Um, yeah. That so, positive relationship you've had is going the other direction. I just, <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to be self-employed myself soon. So, but but my question, Jason, do, do we do we think that this means that the red two people are in cahoots with the Flash people, or has someone done a man in the middle on this? Um, it was basically because uh, you mentioned uh, Brian mentioned it malvertised before and that's exactly probably what it is because these sites that are of the adult nature use different uh ad networks that don't have the same filtering as the googles do and even they even get past google sometimes so if you can uh get some malvertising on there uh for your wankvertising (laughs) and uh (laughs) you might just be screwed is how it goes yeah yeah well you know you shouldn't have flash players set to auto run anyway. And if you go and, and yeah, well, that was uh, the first, that was the first uh, notice is I don't have flash and I don't need to update it. So what's going on here? Let's uh, let's dig deeper. Let's actually, you know, maybe use both hands or four fingers and figure out how it goes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, it's been good. It's been nice talking to you. Uh, <laughs> Tell Janet we said go, hello. Uh, yeah, I gotta run down. And for some reason, I've been summoned to HR. I don't know why. Uh, something about a, a uh, some clause I evidently signed in my contract, some sort of morality clause or something. But uh, I, I can't. I'm sure I can't be that serious. So, no, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm sure, sure, I'm sure be you'll be fine. I'm sure you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, no problem. No All right, problem. we'll thanks, talk. We'll talk to you next it. week, maybe. Good All luck. Right. Yep. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. We don't have a sponsor this week, so we're going to tell you about another show we love. We're talking about the Grime Life podcast. Chris and Seth are two of our biggest fans who got our attention by making fun of Brian on Twitter for his lack of pronunciation skills. They're two guys from New York City who live the freelance lifestyle and have their own amazing show. I have no idea what Grime Life means, but stick with me here. Chris is an actor and writer and probably waiter on the side because that's how those triple threat guys roll. And Seth is a photographer who takes pics of the local hotties, holler to Kitty Crystal, cosplayers, and crazy makeup artists. 
But what they have together is a fantastic perspective on the freelance lifestyle and how hard it is to do the fucking grind. They have some amazing guests on their show who are, let's be honest, more successful than they are from the worlds of film, art, music, photography, special effects, comedy, pole dancing, no shit, and more. I listen to the Grime Life podcast every week and seriously love these guys. If you like our show, you'll probably dig theirs too. Search for Grime Life in your podcast player and give these guys some love. And by the way, they suck at pronunciation much harder than Brian, but we'll let them slide this time. That's the Grime Life podcast. Go get it. At the library. I read a collection of short stories. Good for you. I am not a short story guy. (laughs) Especially not sci-fi short stories, because I don't think that they can ever really get to the meat of the issue really quickly. Uh, But these are sci-fi short stories. The original book title was Stories of Your Life and Others by Ted Chiang. Uh, It has been, of course, repackaged and renamed Arrival, because the movie Arrival was based on one of the short stories in this collection. I was going to (laughs) say, that'd be (laughs) kind of smarmy if they just, you know, it's like me me making my short story uh, collection Blade Runner, because... (laughs) <laughs> no, this is a, you know, let's sell more of these books. So let's replace the cover art with the poster from Arrival and rename it Arrival. Um, read it. This is fantastic. These are some of the best short stories I've ever read. I, I thoroughly enjoyed almost all of them. I think there's six total of which four were fantastic. One was okay and one I didn't care for. Um, and the short story, uh, I also watched the film Arrival. So we'll talk about that in media candy. The short story is better. Than oh, the movie, okay. and the movie was fantastic. Well, spoiler <laughs> alert. Okay, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. I see. I love sci-fi short stories. I think they're great, especially the old cyberpunk anthologies. Those things were awesome back in the day. This is all. This is uh, this is like philosophical sci-fi more so than you know gadgets and and cyberpunk and all that sort of stuff. But I do think you'd like it. Then I highly recommend this book. I really do. I, I don't know why this never crossed my radar well before the movie. I, this is so up my alley and I really like his writing. He's got, he's got a great mind and a really interesting way of looking at things. Okay. So I, I can't recommend it enough. All righty, then I will pick it up. Hmm. I was trying to get a little bit away from the uh, sci-fi cyberpunky thing this week because I just finished uh, the new book by Charlie Strauss last week, which I really enjoyed. But uh, since there's not another one coming out for probably three weeks, because that's about how long it takes him to write a book, it seems. Uh, he's a, he writes a lot of books. He is prolific. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I tried to stay away from it. And I read a really short book called The Spark by Cirque du Soleil, Igniting the Creative Fire That Lives Within Us All. Cute book. You know, it was only like okay. three and a half hour read. Um it's kind of a story about how, you know, they do things at Cirque du Soleil. And I just, it was a nice light read and kind of got my creative juices flowing quite a bit. So I really enjoyed it. Highly recommend are, it for a short read. What are the author's uh, relationship to Cirque du Soleil? A lot of the people that are in Cirque are in the book. And it's kind of, an, oh, okay. they, they kind of do an amalgamation of some of the, like some of the people are real people that they did uh, interviews and stories with. It's, it's kind of written as a short story about right. a guy who, you know, is, uh, uh, disenfranchised with his career and then ends up spending some time at Cirque and it, 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 it's a neat little story, but, um, cool. yeah, highly, highly recommended for a quick read. Um, and I, getting back to the, uh, Harry Bosch series from Michael Connolly, there's a mm. ton of those. And I love the Bosch se- series on, uh, Amazon. So while I'm waiting for them to kick out another season, I went and read the concrete blonde book three. And uh, I'm almost done with it. And I love them. I love these books. They're really fun. And a hat tip to uh, Dr. Teeter and Chen for turning me onto these a long time ago. And I'm finally, you know, kicking through them. 
I love Concrete Blonde. It's one of my favorite bands. Yeah, they did. Uh... I think no relation, <laughs> I'd imagine. None whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So next week I've got Killing Rommel on deck by Stephen Pressfield. So. And I am uh, almost done with the last of the laundry files. So. Oh, just in time for the next one to come out. Yeah, pretty much. Slow down, man. Seriously. Well, hurry up on the next book on the series that I just read. Was it Empire? It wasn't Empire. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was really good. So you got to read that one. Okay. Ups and doodads. And just to follow up on my last brain fart, it's Empire Games by Charlie Strauss. That was what it was. Right. So on your recommendation, I went out and bought a Blue Moo smart control for my living mm-hmm. room. Yes. This thing's, well, it's, it's a lot smaller than it looks like on the, the Amazon page. I was expecting something a little bigger. But I love that it's that small. It's, it's a tiny. lot smaller than the Logitech Harmony, too, which is nice because you can just kind of shove it in a little corner somewhere. Well, when you figure all this thing really has in there's a Bluetooth controller and some LED lights, it yep. makes sense that it's so small. Um, so far, it is 100% meh. Really? <laughs> I, I paired my TV to it because it's got, you know, you pick your model and everything. Yeah. The power button turns the TV on and then immediately turns it back off. <laughs> so. Well, that's see, that sounds like the kind of problems I was having with the Harmony. And for whatever reason, the Blue Move did not do that. Uh, I haven't gotten to the point where I've actually integrated it with Echo yet because. Uh, oh, you, I'll, I'll tell you about that in a I second. I did. OK, <laughs> go for it. So I got I got the Blue Move working with. Well, it does most of the things for my TV, but the one thing that it really that I really want is to be able to power it on because I have a separate yeah. remote just to turn the damn TV on. And <laughs> this I thought was going to fix that. Nope, did not do that. I paired it with my Apple TV, but the 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 generic controller that they use for the Apple TV is mm-hmm. also the same one that works with my Mac Mini that is sitting right next to the Apple TV. So I had to go in and manually turn off all um, remote control access to my Mac Mini because it kept playing stuff in iTunes while it was trying to play stuff on the Apple TV and madness ensued. But now I've kind of got that going. Then I did the the crazy thing about pairing it with the Echo. Mm-hmm. Took about 20 minutes. Cannot get a single control to work. Not oh, a single it. one works. <laughs> and you have to like string it with like, you know, seven words to get it to pause. Yeah, I, I'd already gotten to the point where I'd done a few tests that way, which is incredibly annoying. So I, I just think this stuff isn't there yet. I think Amazon's got to put out their own version so you don't have these 17 steps. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. just give me a, give me an Echo with uh, an IR receiver in it so it can just turn things off and on that way. But, yeah, yeah it's, uh, it is definitely sketch at this point. Hopefully they'll keep working on the, uh, the software because, A, the software is hideous. Yeah. The, the iPhone app is hideous. Uh, it comes with an Apple Watch app, which does not work at all. I get I get the screen that says, oh, here are all your remotes that you can choose from, and it's blank. Try and refresh it. <laughs> blank. Right. So it is uh, it is not ready for prime time. If I wouldn't have thrown away the say, box, I'd have sent it back. I got to say, it's still better than the Logitech Harmony, and those are the two big boys in the field. So okay. we'll see what happens. I mean, uh, luckily, a lot of this is software. So if these guys can keep keep up with it and show a commitment to it it can get better but uh yeah yeah i'm, I was, stuck, I'm stuck with mine now too so we'll we'll hope for the best yeah i was gonna hop on uh like a support chat yesterday but i had food poisoning and didn't really feel like doing anything so but it did get <laughs> me through the day using my right. apple tv because the apple tv remote as we both know is such a steaming pile that oh, it that thing. barely works it's like especially when i'm scrolling through my movies 
and then it just automatically jumps like one way or the other goes to unwatched or by category and then you go back and you got to like start scrolling again you have to make sure you're going perfectly straight up and down Ugh. hate it <laughs> hate it yeah well i found i found something else that i think is really uh to quote jason neat Neat. But probably probably doesn't work as well as as one would hope. It's called the spray printer. Uh, this is basically a, the idea uh, that you can take any photo or anything that you find on the internet, any picture, uh, use their mobile app and a spray printer device, and you can transfer images from your smartphone onto walls with spray paint. Apparently, it costs two hundred and forty seven pounds, so oh, okay. it's not cheap. Okay, I, I haven't looked at it yet because I don't want the autoplay to kick in. Is there autoplay on the page? There is autoplay on the page. Yeah, that's why I didn't is. turn it on, but. Uh, when you said 247 pounds, I thought that's what it weighed. I'm like, oh, oh. my God, that thing's going to be heavy. <laughs> no, uh, 247 pounds. So roughly, you know, $7,000 or whatever it is now. <laughs> I don't know well, the exchange rate offhand. 247 pounds after Brexit's like 1250. So yeah, they've come back up a bit. It's okay. not quite so cheap anymore. <laughs> um, it, uh, yeah, it doesn't quite look as, uh, it's not a magical thing device where you just kind of, and it does all the colors perfectly you're using your own aerosol spray cans so it's basically the equivalent of uh do you remember like if you wanted to do like a big drawing you would uh get those overhead projectors and Mm -hmm. project it onto the wall and then trace things and draw everything there yeah this is basically that okay for 247 pounds i thought it would be a little bit nicer do something better than a overhead projector and some transparencies it does not seem to okay doesn't sound that neat to me it looks neat. It's a neat concept. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for one of my jobs, I have to get Pro Tools, Avid's Pro uh, Tools. Mm, uh, subscriptions. Video uh, no, this is uh, for audio. Okay. Um, and yeah, so you get two choices. You can get it for $24.92 a month, which is an yep. odd price, or yep. uh, 600 bucks for a perpetual license. Yep. Now, I, I, I can't handle the subscription model anymore. It makes me want to go crazy. Yeah, the job that I'm doing is not even going to make me $600, so I'm just going to go for the <laughs> monthly until it's done, then cancel. But yeah. the real kick in the nuts is they use these stupid USB keys. Yep. These iLocks. Oh, that is so lame, because it cost me 46 bucks just to try the free trial of the software for 30 days. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I, I hear Sweden can break such things, but... Yeah, but uh, no, I need to, this is, this is for work. So I gotta, I gotta be official because all my, you know, all my audio stuff and all the the stuff that I make money off of is, uh, is all paid for. So I agree. I'm not 20 anymore. So I can't get, Pro Tools is a kick in the nuts these days. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you can get uh, logic, which we're recording in now for $199 and you don't have to pay for anything after that. Always nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Flippagram. What is Flippagram? Flippagram was apparently, at least according to their press, a, a serious uh, competitor to Instagram for a while. Uh, I went to Flippagram's, a couple of their big parties, because um, they were making deal. Basically, the idea behind Flippagram was, we're going to go out and license music, and you can then use our app to take your photos or your videos, and then you can put a soundtrack on it, and then you can share it with people. Oh, okay. That sounds not lame. Sh- <laughs> not sure why this gets you millions of dollars and billions of dollars in terms and, and funding rounds and things like that. But then again, that's why you and I are poor. <laughs> that's true. We don't get it. <laughs> yeah, we don't get it. And we don't understand why these things happen. So they they had this thing. They had a bunch of money. And then they realized that we want to create a social experience inside the app to keep users from going elsewhere. Well, mm. guess what? There are enough social networks already. Nobody wants a new one. 
Hello. So it, did, <laughs> it didn't work, shockingly enough. Um, and the exact quote: "In order to do a social graph, of course, you need people to make a lot of social connections on your platform." That's the definition had, of a social graph, you idiots. And many people had already made those connections on other platforms, so this was a challenge for us. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. Nobody wants to change. And since everybody's locked down their social social graphs now and you can't take them with you like you used to be able to. Yes. That's, so yeah. instead of just being a fun little app that let you do something that other apps didn't do and releasing that content out to the wild, they wanted to become bigger and control everything and failed. So they have been purchased by Chinese news aggregator Tutiao. Tutiao. I believe you pronounce it. Yeah. So there you go. Um yeah, multiple former employees told Recode late last year that morale inside Flippogram deteriorated during the acquisition process. <laughs> and many employees had left or were looking for other jobs. So see a see previous article from Lifehacker. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I found a Kickstarter that I just had to post in here. It's called Selfie Feet. Use your feet to take the perfect selfie. <laughs> did you watch the video hey, on this? I did. I was hoping that there would be some literal kickstarting. No, it's uh, it's so silly. They haven't quite made their goal yet, so good. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> this is dumb. Uh, it's just basically you put a put a magnet on your shoe and then stick yeah, your you phone to it. Stick a magnet on your phone, which can't, which I'm sure is great for the phone because God oh, knows yeah. electronics work really well around magnets. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then yeah, then you have a little remote control and you take a picture of yourself with your foot. Good for upskirt, just like upskirt shots of yourself if you're into that kind of thing. Well, I am scrolling down their Kickstarter page, and I do enjoy the fact that they've they've seen other uses for their product as well. It'll track anything you put on it, so you'll never lose your keys or wallet. You could keep your keys, wallet, etc., mounted on metal surfaces. Basically, it's a magnet. It's a magnet. It's a magnet on a on a, on a like a basically a rubber band. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an expensive magnet. <laughs> How much are they going for? I missed that. I, I looked to see if they made their goal, and I saw that they were fa fairly far away. So, Well, they, you can pledge over 400 pounds. We're finding a lot of English stuff, apparently. Oh, yes. um, in which case, you get 20 selfie feet. Um, <laughs> Jeez. I can, go yeah. to, I can go to Ace Hardware and spend five bucks and get 20 of them. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, basically, you're looking at about 20 bucks, estimated retail of 35 pounds. I'm yeah. sorry. 20 pounds or 35 pounds to actually get the full product. Yeah, I'll pass on the selfie feet. Yeah. But go watch the video, folks. It's pretty funny. Uh, the next one I found is an Indiegogo, and it has been funded. Uh, mm -hmm. It's called the Muzu. Mm -hmm. It is the state-of-the-art vibration, they say monitoring system, but basically what it is, it's a noise-canceling device that can give you your own cone of silence, which I think <laughs> is kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see how well that actually works. Yeah, I want to see this one in person. It's a $159 pre-order, an estimated arrival of April 2017, so you might get it by Christmas. Maybe. And you can pick your own colors. It comes in black or black. Black or black. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no. I think if, if it works, if you know, if the tech that's you know, the noise canceling technology works and you can just stick it to your window in a hotel room to get quiet or take it with you and at a I you know, the the one use case is you take it to a cafe and you can go into privacy mode and get this little cone of silence around yes you. i see i'm looking at that one right now protect your speech privacy by using secret mode now yeah. do i get to sue them if my if my industrial secrets are stolen when i'm using their product no because you're an idiot for talking about your industrial secrets in public no matter what but, see, but see everybody at, see what every coffee shop in, in uh silicon valley I, but i have my muzo jace now if it worked and you could just get those built into your tables at starbucks and then still have a conversation 
That would be kind I of just, interesting. Uh, I want my cone of silence from Get Smart. Yeah. The literal cone that comes down. It's much more fun. Media Candy. One of my favorite bands of all time is Depeche Mode. Uh, they have a new album coming out called Spirit, released on March 17th. Uh, the first single from the album just came out on Friday. It is called Where's the Revolution? Depeche Mode has never, ever been political. This is very, very political. And this is very, very, very good. So if you would ask me, uh, you know, 20 years ago, first off, is any of this shit actually happening? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then if you would have told me that the call to arms for the next four years of my life would be soundtracked by Depeche Mode, I would have laughed even more. But here we are. There you are. Cats and dogs living together. Madness. Exactly. Madness. And it's it's a, a very good song. It is a very good song. I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. So I'm very much looking forward to the album. I've read a few of the interviews. Uh, it's yeah, it's a good sound. They, they've kind of uh, gone back to the earlier synth heavy, very dark, very good. Mm-hmm. So, no, looking definitely. forward to it. Me too. Um, I'm not a Comcast subscriber. I do not get cable TV. But the interesting thing that uh, they've been testing is getting rid of the cable box. God, that'd be less. Uh, <sighs> it would be great. But uh, so they're they're partnering with Roku and you can now get if you are a Comcast subscriber, they do have an Xfinity app that you can mm-hmm. run on Roku. It's in beta. You still have to have a cable box in your home right now due to yeah. technical limitations. Right. Um, <laughs> So technical limitations, meaning they don't want to give up that 14 bucks a month you pay to rent a cable box. That's what they're saying. And eventually you will have to pay for this app in the future because they do not want to give up all of their monies. And I bet it'll be a subscription. Of course. Yes. It'll be another three bucks on your cable bill per month or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there'll there'll be a use usage fee for the app. I'm sure Um, I don't have it. So and I'm not going to get it. But if you ever get it, let me know if let me know if it works. I would Time Warner Cable, which is now ooh, I can't Spectrum. remember what they're Spectrum, and I, I still am awaiting my world of change that is coming according to their commercials. Um, no app. I mean, they have an app. Uh, the app that instead of actually getting more usable has actually gotten less usable because they've shut off the ability to toss it to an Apple TV or a Google or Fire Stick or whatever. So basically, you can only just watch on your iPad. There's no tossing it to a TV anymore. So thanks a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, their new website for the business side of things, because I still have that miserable yes. uh, the albatross around your neck. <laughs> yeah, my six hundred dollar a month internet connection that I don't even get to use. Um, I went to go pay for it the other day, and their business site now has a big spectrum banner and all that, and you cannot pay your bill. It's completely yeah. broken. So I, I got on a support chat, and they're like, "Well, I'm like, is your is your uh, bill pay site down?" They're like, "Well." Uh, we can't really take bill payments on chat, so I don't know what – completely useless. Utterly useless. Had no no way to, for me to pay my bill online, So, and I don't have the paper one, so now I'm going to have to make an actual phone call and talk to somebody, which, yay. Yeah. So there's well, ha- there's half point, a day. <laughs> at some point, I've been meaning to to waste an entire day trying to talk to somebody over at Spectrum 2 and go, hey, what are these great new things that you're supposedly giving me? Because so far, nothing's changed. Yeah. It yeah. it never gets it it never works for the better it seems no no it never does uh, so some TV shows I watched Chance on Hulu I have not seen this yet uh, it's Hugh Laurie and he yeah that's the problem see I never watched uh, House you know I I remember all the the stuff he did with Stephen Fry back in the day but mm-hmm. this is really good I really enjoyed this this was a recommendation from uh, 
uh, Teeter and Jen. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, I'm sitting around here. I'm sick. Let me just watch some TV. And I got into it. I was going to watch one episode and I watched seven the first night, stayed up till like three in the morning. Right. So See, it, uh, I am such a huge house fan. I have a problem identifying with Hugh Laurie being anything else. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I loved House. Okay. I, I never got into it. It's one of my it. favorite shows of all time. So I, I don't know if I could do this. Well, he does play this, a doctor in this, so. I, I know, but it's not House. No, it's it's probably a lot better. <laughs> and it had <laughs> Ethan Supley, who was, who was really good in it. Uh, you might know him from Mallrats. He's the guy who couldn't see the sailboat. And he's also going to be in the new Twin Peaks. So it right. should be interesting. And then after that, I went and tried to watch The Path, mm-hmm. another Hulu original about um, a cult. I, I watched about an episode and a half and fell asleep. So gonna, I'm, I, I am not I am not on the path for this gotcha. one. Uh, I watched Lovesick. Well, sort of. Never heard uh, of it. You have, because I've talked about what the show previously was known as in season one, Scrotal Recall. <laughs> okay. So you do remember me talking about that. Yeah. Uh, it was a very funny British comedy that lasted one season in Britain. Um, Netflix bought the rights to it, even though BBC, I'm not sure if it was on BBC or ITV, one of the British networks uh, canceled it. Uh, unfortunately, they renamed it because apparently they thought Scrotal Recall wouldn't play as well. Um, so it's a boring why. name. It's now just called Lovesick. Uh, and the second season is available uh, on Netflix now. And I watched the first episode. It had been a good year or something since Scrotal Recall came out. And I talked about this probably more than a year. Um, so I forgot a lot about it. So the first episode was a bit rough. And I think they did it on purpose. It's a lot of catch up and flashbacks and things like that. So I was a little bored. And my wife and I looked at each other and went, this isn't funny. We remember this being funny. Uh, by the second episode, Howling. By the third episode, in pain from laughing so hard. Okay. It's really it's really good. <laughs> All right. I will add it shame to about, the queue. Shame about the renaming, but a very, very funny show. I wonder why um, they thought that name wouldn't fly. I don't know. It was my favorite part. I think we called it episode scrotal recall. We may I can't have for anymore. Yeah. Um, I watched Homeland. Uh, I know that you had said that it wasn't that great. Um, it's rough. I'm not going to lie. It It's bleak and the world is already so bleak and it's really hard to push yourself to go watch something that's bleak. And I did. I've gone three episodes. It's, it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I got I, I went and watched another one when when episode two came out and I'm like, eh, if there's nothing else on and I gotta. <laughs> then maybe. I, yeah. I don't know where they're going with any of it. I'm not, nothing has hooked me yet. I always feel like these big, like Showtime and HBO, with the exception of Game of Thrones, which you don't like anyways, I always feel they have good season, bad season, good season, bad season. A lot of these shows, Dexter was that way. Homeland is definitely that way. Unfortunately, this is a bad season. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, I like the first couple of them, but uh, it's just so different now that I'm just like, yeah. That used to be the show's main strength, though. It was basically every season would they'd have to completely reinvent themselves, and they've done a very good job of it. I just nothing is catching me about this this season, and it's just so relentlessly bleak. Yeah. Oh well, what are you gonna do? You can always go back and watch Black Mirror for a pick me up. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've avoided that. Actually, I do have something that's a pick me up. I finally saw Arrival. This is a movie I desperately wanted to see in theaters, uh, but then I had a child, so that went out the window. It has just come out uh, available for purchase on all your favorite streaming medias. I love this movie. It was it great, wasn't it? Phenomenal and upbeat and 
smart and everything that you want a movie to be unless you think aliens and you're expecting gunfights. No, I so. loved the slow burn on it. You know, I just I turned off all the lights and and watched it on my giant 4K TV and it was just as good as being in the theater because you didn't re- this didn't really, you know, you, you didn't, didn't have to, to see this theater. one in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there were no epic space battles or anything like that, so no, it was it was very well done. They've made some some very strong and interesting changes compared to the short story that it's based on, which I also just read. So it was really interesting. I don't think I've ever done that before in where I've basically read the book and seen the movie within a day of each other. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is pretty crazy. So it, it, it really stood out to me of some of the choices that they made. But I think that they were all really interesting and for the most part, good choices to make it a, a more compelling movie and a, a two-hour experience instead of the you know twenty minutes it would have been if they just would have done the short story. Right. So absolutely fantastic, though. If you haven't seen this yet and you listen to our podcast, go see this. Yep. Two and, thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> two thumbs up. And the director Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve. Uh, is uh, officially signed on to bring Dune back to the movies. Yay! I <laughs> mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings. I God, you, everybody knows how much I love Dune. I don't think it could be made into a movie. I just don't. Um, I like everything that he did with Arrival. I like the look and feel. I like the way that the, the you know the slow building tension. That's perfect for Dune. I don't know how you're gonna. You just took a 25 page short story and made it into a two hour movie. What are you gonna do with an 800 page book? Uh, 27 <laughs> parts. Yeah. <laughs> that's really about the only thing you can do with it. it it has to be it has to be split up it has to be a couple movies and they're not going to do that so we'll see no um i know you're a big harry potter fan yeah yeah the wife likes it a lot and got me into it yeah yeah i saw all the movies in the theater opening day or mm-hmm. al- almost all of them and i'm not a huge harry potter fan i just had lots of friends that like to go so i'd always tag along uh, i finally sat down and watched fantastic beasts and where to find them I actually liked it more than the Harry Potter movies, so that was a big surprise, because I usually don't like the little wizardry, wave your stick and things happen movies, but I thought it was fun. Excellent. It's quite pricey right now. Wow. Uh, $19.99 to pre-order, so I'll wait until that comes down a little bit or it's streaming, but I have not seen it yet. uh, Neither is, again, Baby. Baby comes Uh, along. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that causes problems. You are in Los Angeles and it is screener season, so you can probably find somebody that has one. Oh, that's a good point. I have not put out my email request for toss me some screeners, people. Yeah, they're out there because uh, another screener that's out there is Hidden Figures. Uh huh. I enjoyed this movie highly. I thought it was very well done. What's not to like? Yeah. Smart people in space, <laughs> you know. <laughs> we like that sort of stuff. Kevin Costner, I thought, was excellent in it. Uh, it was just a fun movie. It was a it was a light, nice, lighthearted movie, except for all of the casual racism. But, you know, that part but, sucked. Hey. But <laughs> all of that has happened before. Yeah. It'll probably all happen again. Not if uh, we have anything to say <laughs> about it, but uh, That's damn right. So let's stick to the happy stuff. So, yeah, I, I, I highly recommend uh, Fantastic Beasts and Hidden Figures. OK, I watched uh, Bill Burr walk your way out, because if there is one thing Netflix is good for, it is stand up comedy. Uh, used to be you'd have to get your HBO specials. Uh, not anymore. Netflix churns out stand up comics like No Tomorrow. Every uh, week there's a new one. I get an email uh, at least once a week. Yeah, it's almost impossible to keep up with. Um, I'm a fan of Bill Burr, so I enjoyed this. This is his most recent one. It's interesting now to watch a stand-up show that was, it's relatively new, that came out right before the election. Yeah. And he was political. 
So <laughs> knowing what we know now, since this just came out, that was kind of interesting. He's a funny guy, though. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, if you're into his kind of humor, you'll like it. It's yeah, good. he's not one, not one of my guys. I, I, right. I've seen gotcha. a couple of them, and I get like halfway through them. It's just not for me. I'm more of a Jim Jeffries kind of guy now. Oh, I love Jim Jeffries. You can't go he's wrong gonna with him. On, uh, he's going to be on Real Time with Bill Maher next week. Oh, too bad. That means I have to I watch. I watched, I watched the Sam Harris interview with Bill Maher this week, and then I turned it off. Uh, you should have stayed until the end. It would you would have uh, gotten my my Super Bowl feelings when Bill Maher went off on that. So, I just in case can't. you were wondering who I was uh, rooting for, you just watch that. Okay, no, I won't. <laughs> okay, I know. And uh, finally, this bummed me out. Well, not finally because we have a few more things. Uh, we will never get Deep Space Nine and Voyager in full HD versions. Now, why? <laughs> why? Because you know money. <laughs> oh yeah yeah so there was this weird period of time uh until recently tv was shot on 35 millimeter film which is high resolution uh too high for the early days of tv uh by the early days that even means like when star trek next generation was out that was um, the 80s yeah yeah the film footage was edited together archived and then shrunk down to the ntsc video resolution for broadcast mm-hmm. unfortunately in the mid 80s when video technology advanced enough to the point that many tv shows including all these star trek follow-ups no longer edited in 35 millimeter film footage they scanned it in immediately transformed it into lower tv friendly resolution and edited there mm-hmm. so for these second shows or for uh, d space nine or voyager they would actually have to go and re-edit the whole Each show. episode. Oh, oh, man. So all they have is the raw footage in HD, and we're not going to be getting that. So we are never going to get these in HD. That sucks. It does. Because I would love Deep Space Nine in 4K. <laughs> I agree with you. Uh, Deep Space Nine is that dark horse of Star Trek shows that just really, if you think about it, it's one of the best ones. It's my favorite. Th- Absolutely yeah. my favorite. I can I can go back and watch that anytime. I loved Cisco. I loved the whole storylines. Deep Space Nine is my go-to for sure. It yeah. was uh, much more grown up than next gen and not as popcorny as Voyager. Right. But yeah. yeah and, and we don't even discuss Enterprise. No, we don't. <laughs> um, it's interesting, too. I'm, I'm glad they still have the film because at least it's I mean, it's Paramount. And so they, they have, you know, good storage facilities. I was at a Farscape convention and uh, Brian Henson made the announcement that the, the original footage for Farscape no longer exists. They burned it. Wow. They couldn't that's, afford to store it. That's when Henson that's was going through their dark period. And it right. was costing them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month to keep all of the footage. And so they ended up having to let it go. It's like, oh, I mean, it just broke my heart. Uh, but let's end on. Well, we have a couple happy ones here at the end. Yes. Mike Rowe. I yes. love Mike Rowe. I love his The Way I Heard It podcast. Very right. short, you know, like five, six minutes. There's one uh, episode 38 on self-abuse. Oh boy. Highly recommend going to listen to, on this one. It is I was in tears by the end of it. It's only like 5 or 6 minutes. I already knew the story behind it, but I'm I'm usually pretty good on picking his picking out his story uh subjects, but the uh his delivery on it was fantastic. Nice. I actually don't listen to his podcast. I should give that a go. Yeah, they just skip the first 5 minutes cuz it's all ads and then once he gets into the show, it's it's really short. They're literally like 5 or 6 minutes long. Very cool. And uh, finally, the Terry Pratchett documentary Back in Black will be airing on BBC Two at 9 p.m. on the 11th of February. I have not been able to find if there's going to be any airings here in the States. So you may have to go to Sweden, uh, And but we'll keep you updated if anything comes up before then. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing by uh, 10 p.m. on February the 11th, we will be taking a trip to Sweden to go find it. I have a feeling, yes. 
Kellyanne Conway. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's not having a good week, but doesn't seem to notice or care. Uh, she was on MSNBC's Chris Matthews show, and uh, she Chris Matthews was attacking her about the uh, refugee ban or the Muslim ban, depending on if you want to use the president's words for it or not, uh, and uh, raised the specter of the Bowling Green Massacre. <laughs> Yeah, most, she said most people most people didn't know that because it didn't get covered. She told Chris Matthews. Um, unfortunately, there was no Bowling Green massacre, as we discussed earlier in the security segment. I <laughs> so, yeah, that never didn't actually make it into the security segment. So, oh, you cut it out. Okay, we we did discuss it a little <laughs> bit. That's too bad. I like. Okay, anyways, uh, yeah. So there was no Bowling Green massacre. Uh, massacre, and she said she misspoke one word. She calls her critics haters. Because there was uh, a there wasn't a massacre, and massacre is <laughs> kind of the one word you shouldn't really toss about lightly. It's a key one to fuck up on. Yeah, that's like saying hijack at the airport. You don't say it. Yeah, if you, you don't mean don't. it. If you don't mean it, don't say it. Yeah. So this is not an alternative fact. This never happened. It didn't exist. They used it's an alternative reality this, fact. Is what it they is. They made something up, and the thing that really drives me crazy about this uh, <clears throat> is that they not only made up a complete massacre, they blew the attack at the Louvre, which wasn't even in the Louvre. It was in the Louvre Mall, which is a mall. Uh, they blew that completely out of proportion, and but not a lot said about the Muslims that were attacked in Canada at all. Nope. No, we're just not going to mention that one. We'll just talk <laughs> about the one that we made up that where the Muslims attacked us. So OK, you know, now let's get to the funny here. What's uh, now the heroes of the week? Let's get to the payoff on this. One. This this is what I love. This is uh, and New Yorkers held a mock vigil at Bowling Green for the massacre victims. Mm hmm. Yes. The Bowling Green uh, subway stop. Uh, there was a mock vigil. And this is fantastic. This is uh, this is America. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, the. Website for the uh, victims of the Bowling Green Massacre. Yes, yes, which <laughs> goes directly to the ACLU for uh, donations. Yep. So, yeah, every, everybody's had a field day on this. Um, and like I said earlier, I, it's gotten to the point where even people, companies that would just normally stay neutral because they don't want to offend anyone are just taking sides. Um, Dove has done an entire ad campaign based on Kellyanne Conway's hashtag alternative facts. So well done for you, Dove. I particularly enjoyed that uh, the new Dove antiperspirant rhymes with orange. <laughs> Alternative fact. Okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to have to go check those out. And there are a couple the, other ones out there. The Mexican Airline one was pretty good. Uh, yes, that Starbucks. Was good. Starbucks is coming out swinging. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of companies that are getting behind it, so it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting time to be it's alive. It's a strange time. <laughs> yes. May you live in interesting times. But yeah. don't forget. The new Dove antiperspirant boosts your Wi-Fi signal. <laughs> you go, Dove. Brick a brick. Brick a brick has become the section that I am now using as my desperate stretches for trying to stay happy. Okay, good. This is where <laughs> I, I find. I, yeah. <laughs> this is where I find the links that uh, you know that normally we would always be talking about quite happily, but uh, it's the happy area where I try to stay away from the crappy links that make me sad. <laughs> J Jason put two of those in the section, though, so... Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't know that we were changing the tone of it, so... No, we're not. It's a, it's a personal it's a personal quest. It's my vision quest, Jason. Okay. I think maybe we should right. move this up to show then, so people get the happy first, and then we just make them <laughs> sad at the end. <laughs> oh, okay. Kind of like life. Not true. True. Yeah. All right, so my first one... It, 
People share their most memorable human interaction that the other person has probably forgotten. It's yes, it's silly clickbait. It's a listicle. It's it's ten pieces of content split over seventeen pages that you have to click next on. Ugh, I hate but those. <laughs> like I said, I'm digging deep to find anything that makes me feel like the world is a decent place at the moment, and this did the job. So I liked it a lot. These what, things are really a, really cute. Uh, give me an example. Uh. Just random things like uh, some woman was talking about how she was at a funeral for a friend in college. Uh, she was uh, she got late. She stood next to a professor instead of sitting with any of her friends. Uh, he was there alone. She starts crying. He gives her he got all flustered and handed the tissue from his pocket and said it was clean. It was probably the most emotional moment I've ever shared with another person. And he probably doesn't remember it at all. Okay. Just little that kind things of thing. like okay. that that make you make you feel good about people, Jason. All right. I'll never yeah. read it. Me either. <laughs> I, except I did. Okay. Um <laughs> the uh the uh, lovely guy Scott Adams from Dilbert. Oh god. See now the more I dig into basically what he did before the uh before the election, the more yep. respect I have for him. Because you have to go back and figure out what he did and read read the follow-ups and listen to him on some of the podcasts where he explains it. Yeah. And uh, he's kind of on point with a lot of stuff. I, I'm not denying that he was, he's was he been right. It's just I think he's a douche. <laughs> and See, I don't like listening to him. Oh, well, the, the, then there'll be that, though. I yeah. don't, you know, my my uh, my opinion has changed quite a bit. I, I actually quite like him. <laughs> um, right. But in uh, his latest post, he talks about some of the... Uh, the throttling that's going on and removing removing of tweets and things like that. Uh, there's yeah. a video that he's tried to post, but keeps getting throttled <laughs> on Twitter for it. Um, it's called throttling theory. And it's an interesting right. uh, video on how Twitter is basically not letting people's opinions out that they disagree with. You think that's really happening? Uh, it's been proven a bunch of different times by a bunch of different people. There's a lot of yeah. algor- there's a lot of algorithmically uh, shady things going on over at Twitter right now, which really sucks because that was like the last place where you could post things, and they would just they would get to your timeline, and now they're not. Yeah. Well. Okay. It's, I mean, it's social like, media. Yeah, it was <laughs> like they had we enough high, problems. Come on. We have high expectations of what social media was ever supposed to be. Time to go back to Elo. Yeah. Exactly. Nobody's throttling you there because nobody's looking. Nobody's looking. <laughs> No. Uh, human pig hybrid created in lab. Here are the facts. Um, right. This is interesting stuff. This is from National Geographic. This isn't from somewhere weird. Um, it's a remarkable feat. Scientists announced, uh, I think this was on Wednesday, that they have created the first successful human-animal hybrid. The project proves that human cells can be introduced into a non-human organism, survive, and even grow inside a host animal, in this case pigs, leading to down the line, and obviously they're saying we are decades away from this, but being able to you know, grow uh, replacement organs and whatnot, uh, which is sure going to piss off PETA and Bill Maher. <laughs> Manham is coming. <laughs> Manham. <laughs> Damn if we didn't already have a title. Okay. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, and uh, more science, because we like science. Uh, are we living in a hologram? It's a question mark. We know uh, what that means. Hello, Betteridge. Yes, but physicists say they have substantial evidence our universe is an illusion. Um, all of this is uh, doesn't matter, because it ain't going to change crap for the way that we feel. But I do wonder if Oculus Rift is like going, so we're 3D of a 3D of a 3D model. <laughs> the, the ultimate orbis yes okay. uh, so the holographic principle claims that gravity in the universe comes from thin vibrating strings these strings are holograms of events that take place in a simpler flatter cosmos did you ever read flatland yes i have that was a great well, book there you, apparently it's all true 
Okay. Uh, the principle suggests that like the security chip on your credit card that never works, there is a two-dimensional <laughs> surface that contains all the information needed to describe a three-dimensional object, which in this case is our universe. If your brain does not hurt yet, go read the rest of the article and it will start to. Yes, it, and it will hurt in three dimensions. I don't care what yes. they say. <laughs> yes. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing about these stories that keep coming up and, the you know, with the Elon Musk and all these guys going about the same thing that we're living in a simulation or, or in this mm-hmm. case, a hologram. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> There's nothing we can shit. do about it unless. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Changes nothing. <laughs> I don't see the Nebuchadnezzar coming to save us anytime soon. So. God, I don't want that gruel. Yeah, that kind of looked nasty. I'll, I'll take the red pill and the steak. There you go. Yeah. Uh, more cool science move. The Holy Grail metallic hydrogen is going to change everything again, like all the other articles I've talked about in about, you know, 30, 40 years. Simply. When we're all dead and gone. Yes. Uh, two Harvard scientists have succeeded in creating an entirely new substance long believed to be the Holy Grail of physics, metallic hydrogen, a material of unparalleled power that could one day propel humans into deep space. This came out on Thursday, published in the journal Science. Uh, this could potentially enable rockets to get into orbit in a single stage, even allowing humans to explore the outer planets. It is predicted to be metastable, meaning if you make it at a very high pressure, then release it, it stays at that pressure, much like a diamond. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so if you heat it up again, it reverts back. Uh, metallic hydrogen has been predicted to be a high or possibly room temperature superconductor, which is very good. It can help enable metallic ma- magnetic levitation for futuristic high-speed trains. So, Mr. Musk, get on that. Yeah, get on that one. Yeah. Just stick some of this, pour some of this down your tunnel. <laughs> exactly. And finally, in my awesome science news, two infants treated with universal immune cells have had their cancers vanish. Huh. Doctors in London say that they cured two babies to leukemia in the world's first attempt to treat cancer with genetically engineered immune cells from a donor. This took place at London's Great Ormond Street Hospital. Dr. House was uh, not involved. No, he was not because he's he's American now. You know? Yeah, but this is pretty badass. What we're starting to find out can actually happen. So this is a potential uh, future cancer killer. Well, maybe we will be around to check out our holographic metastable yes. <laughs> metallic universe in the future. Perhaps we shall. Or maybe not. If the Internet of Things has their way. There's a great ma- a great article in the New York magazine or in, in New York magazine by Bruce Schneier. Um, mm. It's called Click Here to Kill Everyone. Oh, cheery. With the Internet of Things, we're building a world-sized robot. How are we going to control it? Well, the answer, short answer is you're probably not for a while, but uh, it's a very long read. But if you're into the Internet of Things and all of our beating of the drum about why uh, so much of it is a bad idea, probably go give this a read. Luckily, the guys behind Coin are behind this, so we're okay. We're okay. It, it, it'll only kill us 50% of the time. They've shut down all the servers. <laughs> <laughs> Feedback loop. As you may have noticed, uh, you did not get the steaming pile of pod until Monday, as opposed to the regular Friday. Uh, we have changed our schedule. We announced that a few times. And uh, yeah, that's what it's going to be moving forward. So get used to it. Uh, we had a comment from Bearrod on Twitter. Ah, what am I to do all weekend? Oh, rub one out. <laughs> see, uh, see the uh, thing that uh, you put in from micro. Yeah, yeah. Go listen to a micro podcast while you're yep. waiting. So there you go. Uh, yeah, it's just uh, this is the schedule we got moving forward. I know. So it is what it is. So all you people that listened over the weekend, you're going to have to time shift or, you know, listen during the week. Yes, we take, a, take a walk during the week, people. It's a, it's a nice thing for us. It actually yeah. makes life a little it makes life a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Uh, we also heard from uh, Barrett Rees on Twitter. After the failure of the Lily drone, I'd like to see how well this one will do. Um, and the link to the Business Insider, Air Selfie 
What did you see? What did you think, Jason? This is yeah, it's an iPhone case that has a mini drone that is designed to make selfies. Uh, it's expensive. It looks yeah. cute. <laughs> yeah. But for the price, it's like two hundred sixty bucks. You can just go buy a real drone. I don't need one. Or in- I'll just get the magnet to put on my shoe. Yeah, seriously, you can get like four thousand uh, selfie <laughs> shoes for for two hundred sixty bucks. Uh, yeah, no, it's cute. Uh, is that a drone in your pocket? Well, yeah, absolutely. That is a drone in my pocket. Thank I, you. I just I can't believe there's a market for these things. I, every uh, a big I, a small one, yes, a large enough one. I can't. I'm shocked. So yeah, and I see those little mini drones at Seven Eleven all the time, or posted a, on Boing Boing's Twitter feed. Come buy our mini drone. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you mean I had my drone was like you know pretty big. It was like a foot on each side, and it would only fly for fifteen minutes with the battery yeah. in that. How these little tiny things are like they're going to go up and down. That's it, and then charge it again up and down, down, <laughs> and Bam Bam would eat it the first time she saw it. God damn it. <laughs> It's a little too early to drink on a Sunday, so I'll, I'll let you slide on that one. Yeah, hey, Sunday fun day. <laughs> hey, it's Super Bowl Sunday. You should have your, your bud and your wings all ready to go already. Yeah. Uh, we also heard from uh, Nathan Ritzma. Uh, fuel for your fire, LOL. And he sent a link for Mashable radio stations across the country. Hack to play explicit anti-Trump anthem. Um Let's see. It's it's actually interesting from the tech perspective by taking advantage of a vulnerability found in a common model of low-power FM or LPFM radio transmitters. Hackers have repeatedly flooded airwaves across the country with an anti-Trump anthem. Um, this is written by YG and Nipsey Hussle. Huh. Did you listen to the As, song? I did not because I'm not that interested in rap. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yep. But I'm glad there's protest anthems. I'm... Sure that by calling it "fuck Donald Trump," you're going to convince people from the other side. Oh yes, it's uh, yeah. it's all about inclusion. It's all about inclusion. Dipsy <laughs> Hustle, well known for reaching across the aisle. Okay, uh, this one comes from Thomas from the GrumpyOldGeeks.com. Sorry, GOG.show website now. Since we have our That's fancy right. new domain. Hey guys, I don't know if this was covered on a previous episode, but I thought it might be something to cover in security. Uh, we're not going to cover it in security. We're going to cover it here. I think yes. I first read about it in Wired, but don't remember for sure. FamilyTreeNow.com lists the actual address of almost anyone you want to find without any paywall or restriction to the public. For instance, searching Jason DeFilippo yields redacted because I'm not going to give out all my addresses. Uh, Brian's search produced an error, which I thought was very odd. I, I So when I tried your name, it was definitely erroring out, not giving a, no reply. So, hmm. I- I have my ways. <laughs> Apparently, you you can request to have your information removed, which everyone should do if the site continues to operate. And Jason, sorry for looking into your addresses. I just wanted to give you a quick check to see if your information was compromised. I promise I won't troll you. So this was on the list, but I wanted to get my information off of there before we talked about it. And I have actually done that. So and it had me as uh, Jason F. DeSilipo. Which is which is an interesting one, uh, and my standard JP DeFilippo, my actual name, and it did have just about every place I've ever lived, and they get this from public records, and mm-hmm. it's not that hard to find this stuff. But it was nice well, for me because then I got a li- I just copied and pasted the list into Bear, so I always had a list of my previous addresses. It does help for that. Uh, the thing is, this is just coming from from public information. It, it's a bit weird to have it available so easily, but uh, look if if you've bought a house that house's address is out there publicly yeah. uh, connected to your name. So taking it off the site isn't really going to stop anyone from doing anything. It's just 
it is what it is. It's actually just made it so clear exactly how easy it is to get any of this information. So it's it's out there, and you can't really stop it. But you know, if you if it's if it's so blatant like this, you might as well spend the ten seconds to make them take it down. Yeah, it, the removal was very easy. I did it, it in was. no time, yeah. and it was gone the next day. So yeah, I didn't have to do it for me, but my wife did pop up, so I removed that. So yeah, <laughs> highly recommended. That would be familytreenow.com. Or yes. soon to be familytreenever.com if everybody keeps <laughs> taking their information out. Yes, exactly. Uh, and we have a comment from Rico, and uh, this is uh, relevant to our interests. Since sharing of political views has been the hot topic, thought you would both find this article interesting. I know that my use of social media has greatly reduced in the past months for many of the same points the author brings up. It is not who you like or your personal views. It's the utter hatred spewed by both sides and the loss of respect for others that drove me away. As always, great work, gents. And this is a link over to The Federalist. Facebook dead at 12, a victim of 2016. I find this very hard to disagree with. Alrighty, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I shall, and uh, thank you for the feedback. Yes, thank you so much. If you want your question or comment read on the show, head over to gog.show slash support and send us your feedback or questions that we can read on the air. Closing shout outs! I want to throw a big shout out to my little brother Greg, who uh, paid for the tickets for Hamilton that I went to go see last week. Nice. I gotta say, Hamilton pretty much delivered on what everybody said it was going to be. And it was very, it was was a shocking uh, contrast to go see something so good about so many great people in history and then come out and read the news. Yeah. I felt the same way when I read the uh, Washington biography. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, it's a lot more than rap. I was, I was fairly surprised at that. It was actually an amazing show, almost three hours long and uh, highly recommended if you, if you do get the chance, which very few people will because it's so hard to get tickets. Yes. Um, another shout out to my friend Daria Rose and her mindful meal challenge. I highly recommend going and signing up for this. It will teach you to eat a little more mindfully and uh, also check out her foodist podcast, which uh, she's a client of mine and I edit that show. So, you know, pimping, pimping hard, uh, pimping the work. Yeah. But the mindful meal challenge, actually, I lost weight using these tactics and have a much more relaxed uh, morning with my mindful breakfast, which I tend to post pictures of on Instagram at Instagram.com slash JPD. I'm so glad that you actually went with breakfast because as soon as you said your morning, I was like, oh, God, the morning dump. No, no, no. Uh, sadly, Jordan Cooper is out of the the poop game. So we are we are free of morning dumps anymore. Yeah, all right. Uh, my shout out is for the Atlanta Falcons. I don't give a crap about football, except I know I want the Patriots to lose. <laughs> OK, so I'm going to go and enjoy a lot of food and a lot of beer. So and then you'll have a morning dump tomorrow. Perfect. I'm May I have it in the evening? <laughs> See how I did that call back there? That's comedy yeah. for you, people. Comedy. Com- comedy gold. That's what you get every week here on Grumpy Old Geeks. Yep. You get what you pay for. <laughs> uh-huh. Until next time, I'm Brian Schulmeister. And I'm Jason DeFilippo. I suppose the pay podcast for the Patreon subscribers is actually funny. We should go record that one now. Oh, okay. Yeah, we got to do the funny one next. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. GOG.show is our home base where you can listen to old shows, leave feedback, ask us questions, get links to our awesome sponsors and stuff we like. If you'd like to become an official friend of the podcast, go to GOG.show slash support, where you'll find all the ways you can support the show and keep us on the air. To learn more about all of the people who make this show possible, head over to GOG.show slash about. Show notes for all the links discussed in this episode can be found at GOG.show slash 195. Insert joke here.